Hello, Secret Squad. I am so thrilled to be back with a brand new episode for all of you. I'm sitting here with Lauren Paul and Molly Thompson, the two incredible founders of Kind Campaign. Kind Campaign is an international nonprofit that addresses heartbreaking topic of girl against girl bullying. Lauren and Molly have created in-school assemblies, educational curriculums, and an award-winning documentary that aims to bring awareness, healing, and change to groups of girls everywhere. As mentors to younger girls, it is so important to educate ourselves on their incredible work. This is the secret to kind. So, okay, Lauren and Molly, welcome, welcome, welcome. Mm -hmm. I have looked so forward to this podcast today because what an inspirational and much needed topic, number one, and your campaign, your foundation, everything about it is just, again, so needed in today's Mm -hmm. world, but has always been so needed. Mm -hmm. I I mean, we could go back to the topic of bullying before you were even born, I can say right now. So thank you so much. Thanks for having us. We're so happy to be here. You're Mm -hmm. so welcome. And it's so great to have you both here today to talk about this. I'd love to start with the basics of your foundation. Can you tell the listeners about the mission of Kind Campaign? Yeah. So um, Molly and I founded Kind Campaign in 2009 and actually really started laying the groundwork in 2008. We were uh, in college together and it was kind of the summer going into our senior year that we sat down and talked about what it could look like to start a conversation about this. And so that was almost... 12, 13 years ago, which is insane to think about, um, you know, how long we've been doing this now over a decade. And, you know, at that point, you know, 12, 13 years ago, bullying was not being talked about. There was no conversation taking place. There were, were no programs in schools. If anything, it was kind of up until that point, really kind of accepted as this rite of passage, just this thing that we inherently go through, mm-hmm. um, particularly as women and as girls. You know, you'd always hear girls say, oh, I just have guy friends. Girls are just mm-hmm. so difficult or, you know, these really traumatic experiences that we go through. And again, there was no, no real light being shined upon it. And we both had personal experiences with it. Mine being in middle school, uh, Molly's in high school, you know, not anything really out of the ordinary from things that we hear on a daily basis that we all go through. But, um, you know, having those experiences and then coupled with um, just this real sadness for Mm -hmm. that experience and wanting to understand why and how we could create change, um, we kind of came together and decided to do something. So we were in film school together, actually, and we um, started shooting local interviews to make this documentary. And again, we had no idea what the reaction would even be because nobody had talked about bullying like this. And it really felt like we were kind of popping the lid off of something Mm -hmm. like women and girls were just like, oh my God, thank you so much for talking about this finally. And that was really what kind of was the seed that then turned into Kind Campaign. We kind of looked at each other while we were making this film and realized, wow, this could be so much more than just a documentary. And at that point, we kind of started laying the groundwork for assemblies and camps and, um, you know, volunteer programs. And it's obviously just evolved into this huge worldwide organization now where we on average have um, anywhere between two to 400 school assemblies taking place every school year. Um, Molly and I still travel and spend two months out of the year um, speaking in schools ourselves. Obviously, that's changed with COVID and everything, which we can chat about later. Um, 
But yeah, it's just grown exponentially every year. And I think a really cool part of it is for us to see how the conversation has evolved yes. too, mm -hmm. as we've done this. Whereas in the beginning, you know, like I said, there was nothing taking place, no conversation happening. Whereas now, you know, schools feel a real responsibility to talk about this and to share the mm -hmm. impact of bullying. And, you know, now we walk into schools and it's rare that we walk in and don't see like banners that say like, this is a no tolerance zone. This is who you yes. go to for help. And so it's been cool to feel like we've been a part of that evolution as well. I love hearing you say that. It was like somebody had to do it. Why not us? And bless you both for doing it. And of course, the reaction is so positive because we can all relate. Mm -hmm. Everyone has some experience in their life at some point mm -hmm. or ongoing experience where they've been bullied and didn't yeah. feel like they had anywhere to go, didn't have anyone to talk to about it, and maybe even thought that they were the only ones experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And the fact that you started it 10 years ago, but we can all say and admit this has been going on for decades and decades. I raised two boys who are now in their mid-30s and, and early 40s, and I think back to when they were in middle school yeah. and high school, it was going on then. Mm -hmm. And I can remember seeing it happen when I would be maybe at their sporting events and mm -hmm. just witnessing it happening on the field or in the stands or whatever, mm -hmm. and having dialogue at dinner time with both of our boys, like, you know, what's going on? Is, is anyone ever bullying you? Mm -hmm. And you don't bully someone. I mean, those are the kind of conversations you have to have right. in your homes yeah. as parents. When you were bullied, were you able to talk to your parents? Yeah. Um, I mean, we both kind of handled it, you know, in our own in our own ways. For me, um, I did open up to my parents, and I'm so thankful that I did. And, and that's actually something that we talk about in our assemblies is just how important it is to talk to someone, whether that be your parents or a counselor, you know, in school or a trusted, you know, mentor or advisor, Um just because it is so important not to keep these things mm -hmm. bottled up, because that is very much when you feel like you are the only one, you know, going through that. And it feels even more isolating and it makes the experiences that you're going through feel, you know, exponentially heavier um, to deal with. And um, it makes it even harder to see that there mm -hmm. is light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. and that this negative experience that you're going through isn't going to be your yes. entire world because you don't, you don't have an outlet to, you know, to talk through everything that you're going through. And so again, for me personally, um, it was, it was huge that I was able to open up and that I made the choice to open up to my parents. And I'm so thankful that I did. And, um, you know, that is really what allowed me to continue going to school day after day yes. during my junior year. And, um, and that's something that, you know, we kind of go into more depth during our assemblies where we really yes. open up and share our experiences. Um, but I'm so thankful that, you know, I went through what I went through so that we're sitting here today, not only talking with you, but doing uh -huh. the work that we do every day. And um, so that we're able to stand, you know, in those auditoriums and in those gyms and share with the girls that we were just sitting in their chairs a few years ago and, you know, have gone through similar things that they might be currently experiencing yes. and, and that we made it through and that they're not alone in their experiences. And again, just reminding them the importance of finding someone to talk to, mm -hmm. um, to open up and, and share what it is that they're going through and how um, important it is for them to do that because it really does um, kind of lighten the load a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, there's, mm -hmm. you know, the experiences are still very heavy and traumatic, mm -hmm. um, but at least then they know that they're not alone in what they're going mm -hmm. through, which is so important. Do you remember when there was maybe a turning point that 
you could see the students opening up more and understanding, oh, I can talk about this in front of my peers, mm-hmm. or was it was it gradual, or was there a time when you thought, oh, this is actually working? Yeah. Well, you know, when we set out on, um, so we we drove around the country for two months to shoot the film. Um, and it's actually also really wild to think back on that. You know, we were just 22 years old, right out of college. And it's just, I feel like so much of Kind Campaign 2 was just such a timing thing. Mm-hmm. And the world being where it was at that point, like looking back and knowing that just we just like walked into schools and uh, somehow (laughs) schools agreed to let us come in and do assemblies for their students and shoot, you know, footage. And that would never happen now. Like you could never do (laughs) that. And so, um, so being able to do that, you know, going in and kind of test piloting this school assembly, again, like we were filmmakers, we weren't, we weren't public speakers or, you know, we had experience in like uh, mentorship programs and stuff, but Um, You know, we just wrote this curriculum and I'll never forget, you know, our very first assembly. It was in Clovis, California. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it was just this and it was actually not long after we were on the Dr. Phil show. Did you know that? Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. yes, I did. I was like, we I, I'm sure driving here today. Like, this yes. is like a full yes. like, that just moment. Gave me chills. Yeah. yeah. And that was a really important moment for us because we were we were brand new. Yeah. And we were invited onto the show and we're like, this is amazing. Like we're about to launch this thing. And it was a really important platform for us. Mm-hmm. So um thank you to, to <sighs> this whole world for, for that moment. Cause that was awesome. Thank you. Um and it really gave us a lot of credibility right from the start. It was awesome. But anyway, that first assembly, I'll never forget because we walked out onto stage and, and we just kind of looked at each other like, wow, you know, it was the combination, I think, again, of people waiting to talk about this Mm -hmm. and us having created this program that really hit home. And a lot of, I think the impact that happens is because we create a really interactive space during the assembly. Um, You know, we, share our testimonies. They watch the film that we made that's still at the core of all of our programming. And then we have these three activities. Um, One is the kind pledge. So everyone writes a kind pledge, something related to the issue. um, And a group of people come up to the front of the room and share their kind pledges. Everyone writes a kind apology, um, which is my personal Mm -hmm. favorite part of the entire assembly because it gives everyone the opportunity to make amends, to own up to something. And it's a healing moment, not only for the person you're apologizing to, but for the person apologizing Mm -hmm. as well. And, um, and I think for us, that's like, to answer your question, you know, the realizing that people are willing to open up and go there is seeing how how eager girls are to yes. apologize mm-hmm. because that's yes. a really scary thing. Yes. And, you know, we watch young girls that are, you know, 12, 13 years old who have been terrorizing someone for all of middle school, you know, break down in tears and walk to the other side of the room and hand someone or multiple people apologies and there's like real resolve that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I have like full body chills. We also haven't, we also haven't done an assembly in person in so long. And it like oh. makes me so sad because these moments are so powerful. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's incredible to see the healing that happens. And then we also do um, a kind card where everyone writes something kind about somebody. And a really cool part of that is um, having people come up and share in front of their peers, their kind cards. And a lot of times they're sharing it with friends, but a lot of times you know, someone will stand up in front of, you know, a thousand of their peers and, you know, say, dear Emily, I, you know, I know we don't know each other, but I just want you to know that I, 
see you standing up for other people or I really like love your artwork, like people reaching out to people that they don't know. And the person receiving the kind card didn't even know that that person knew they existed. And so there are so many points within these programs where girls really do open their hearts Mm -hmm. and really put themselves out there. And it inspires us because they're just so brave. Like it's, it's really vulnerable in front of your peers and admit, not only admit that you've been unkind and, and mean, Mm -hmm. but to admit that then say, will you forgive me? I want to apologize. Powerful words. Yeah, life changing, truly. and to know that yeah. you're a part of that, it's so powerful for both of you. And God bless you both for doing this. Oh, I, like, you. like you just said, I'm just sitting here in full body chills, <laughs> just imagining, yeah, how life changing this is for young girls. And mm-hmm. do you ever get any pushback from any of the girls? And how do you handle it? Mm. That's a so. good question. Um, you know, it's interesting. I feel like. If anything, there's times where, because we, you know, we are standing at the front of the room, you know, when an assembly takes place. And so we're kind of watching as the girls are coming in. And, um, you know, there's times where we can tell maybe there's some girls who are like, what, you know, what is this assembly? Like, what is this all about? Um, Who might have some, you know, thoughts or reservations about what's going to happen at the start of the assembly. But really by the I mean, by the middle of, you know, once we get started, um, one of the first things that we do is ask everyone um, in the room to raise their hand if they've ever been negatively affected by something that another person has said or done to them. And, um, you know, that moment where all of the hands in the room, you know, go up and the girls are looking around and realizing, oh, you've had experiences too, or you've had experiences too, um, is really powerful. And then we follow that question up with to keep your hands raised or raise your hand if you have ever said or done something to negatively affect another female. And it's pretty incredible to watch as all of the hands either stay up or, you know, more hands go up acknowledging that they've also said and done things that have negatively affected other people as well. And um, it's really a light bulb moment for a lot of, you know, the young girls in the room because they realize that, you know, not only have they been affected by the things that have been said and done to them, but they also recognize their role within this. And because of that, the power that they each hold within themselves to create change within their friendships and within their school hallways. And so, um, you know, that is kind of how we open the floor to the assembly, um, to everything that Lauren shared about kind of what takes place afterwards. And I think it just creates a really vulnerable, but also safe space for the girls to understand that we're not up there pointing the finger at anyone, Uh you know, Uh saying you're quote unquote mean girl, um, because we've all said and done things that have negatively affected other people. And, and there's so much power and hope within that, realizing that, change can happen and that, you know, the young girls sitting in that room are the ones who have the power within themselves to create that change. And so, um, you know, by, by the middle, um, or or definitely by, you know, the interactive activities Mm -hmm. that Lauren was talking about, any one of the girls that came in maybe with some reservations about what's going on, um, you know, definitely walls and barriers come down. And by the end of it, it really is just this, we kind of describe it sometimes as almost like this camp-like feeling of uh-huh. like, you know, all the girls are just so excited to to create change and to start those conversations or to, you know, just reach out to people mm-hmm. that maybe they haven't talked to um, in a couple of years. And um, it really does just create a really special space. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Lauren mentioned, it's been a while since we've we've been able to physically uh-huh. be in the rooms mm-hmm. with exactly. um, with 
you know, these assemblies, but it, it's also incredible to see over the last year, we, um, you know, kind of shifted with everything with COVID and created all new virtual programming oh, and have been doing wonderful. virtual founders assemblies. Oh. And going into that, we had no idea. We were kind of expecting, um, well, we actually really just didn't know what to expect. We were, you know, we're like, are there, is this going to translate in the same way as it does when we're in the room? You know, are those walls and barriers going to, to come down, you know, over a computer screen? And even that was amazing to see how, oh, I love that. Um, just how the message still translated. And, and then also there's an added layer of everything that's been going on over the last year and this deep desire within these girls to connect uh -huh. with each other. And so it almost was this new piece of the conversation um, that was so incredible for us to be able to witness and to be a part of um, watching these girls who, you know, haven't been in the same room with each other, same. but like to be able to connect in a really honest and raw and vulnerable way. I love that you still offered that on Zoom during the pandemic because it made me just realize that if they were suffering either from being an instigator or a victim, that while in isolation, they had to live with that. They mm -hmm. didn't have the outlet mm -hmm. of being surrounded by maybe friends mm -hmm. or teachers or someone that they could one-on-one -on -one go and talk to. Yeah. You gave them through Zoom the opportunity to not feel in isolation anymore and have that group of peers. Yeah. So I think that's wonderful that you still got to do that over Zoom. Yeah. Because in my opinion, education is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to let them know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And I can remember when our boys were young, and uh, I thought of this when you said the timing of when you started this campaign. Did you feel like it was, seems like it was about the time school shootings were starting? Mm. Did you find that? Yeah, made it a actually, difference? the timing was, so we started it and then it was one year later. Um, and so we, within that year, we had done our road trip to shoot the film, had kind of test piloted this idea for our school assembly program and really had kind of laid the groundwork for the campaign. Um, and a year after we started doing that is when... Uh, you know, the news and people were starting to highlight suicides from mm -hmm. bullying. Mm -hmm. yes. And if you remember back, you know, it was just about 11 years ago mm -hmm. now that, you know, it seemed like every other day we were yes. turning on the news and hearing specifically about suicides related mm -hmm. to bullying uh, internationally, you know, within the U.S. And so that just kind of blew the cover yes. off of everything. And we at that point had already been established and we're really the only program in in the country, maybe even the world, I'm not sure, that yes. was in schools doing something about that. And so in terms of timing wise, that was just, I mean, I think back on that time, for instance, you know, during that time when everyone was covering these stories, Ryan Seacrest, um, you know, did this big special on, you know, primetime, Kiss FM, morning news, like as people are bringing their kids to work. And he had us on as mm -hmm. the professionals. We were on for like 45 minutes with yeah. him. He was like their what? longest segment that oh, they've ever that done. Point, yeah. yeah. And it, and it, again, we had only been around for a year, but it was because nobody had already been doing anything. So mm -hmm. just, yeah, the timing was crazy oh. how that all, you know, worked. And yes. um, so, 
so important. It was just so shocking when you would pick up the newspaper back then yeah. or you would mm-hmm. turn on the uh, news online and mm-hmm. you would see mm-hmm. what is happening in our schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so important to have this forum yeah. that you're mm-hmm. bringing to these schools that yeah. need this outlet. I think it's just so important. When you both went off to college and did your experiences in middle school and high school leave you with PTSD? Mm. For me, no. Um, I mean, it definitely, you know, it had a great impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, at the time when I was going through that during my junior year, um, I, um, in my experience, at the end of my junior year, actually, the the main person that I was having, um, you know, conflict with ended up apologizing, <gasps> which allowed um, allowed for a lot of closure for me, um, allowed me to. Um, you know, kind of take her apology in and forgive her and and move past those experiences. So I, even at the time in high school, went on to have an amazing senior year experience. Um, And so I wouldn't say that, you know, I had any PTSD. It definitely impacted the way that, you know, I thought about my friendships and relationships. And, um, you know, when Lauren and I sat down and, and she was talking about her experience in middle school and this idea for shooting a film, it definitely, like everything, I was mm-hmm. like, you know, just telling her all about, I can remember every detail of that time, but um, very much feel like I've come out on the other mm-hmm. side and, and did even at the end of that year. Um, I don't want to speak for you though, Laura. Yeah, I, um, you know, had a, a really hard experience in middle school that, the effects of that definitely trickled into different parts of my life through high school. I mean, I, I battled an eating disorder for a while that I can trace back to mm-hmm. that time in middle school and various other things I was dealing with. I would say once I got into college, I had a br- pretty good hold on myself and things. And even throughout high school, like I had amazing friends and and really wasn't dealing with the trauma or the people involved with that of what had happened in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's actually in, in college, there was one instance, um, with a friend and it's actually to this day, I think the only as an adult situation where I had a friend that just, it brought me back to those feelings in middle school. And I remember when I was going through this particular thing with this, with this girl that I, I remember feeling all of that kind of bubble up and just like shutting down and feeling really scared. And, um, but what was interesting thinking back on that experience, I think because of what I went through, I was so attuned to, and I had, we hadn't even started Kind Campaign yet. So it's mm-hmm. not like I had learned lessons from mm-hmm. our own programming, but for whatever reason, I just knew I had to get out of that relationship. And that's something we really talk about mm-hmm. now in Kind Campaign, how important it is, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be talking behind each other's backs and have it be this big dramatic thing. But if someone is making you feel icky inside. And Mm -hmm. if there's just like a brokenness there, it's okay to not be friends with someone anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like this idea that we have to be friends with someone indefinitely because we met at some point in our lives is, is not sustainable Mm -hmm. most, a lot of the time. And, you know, it's so acceptable to break up in romantic relationships. It's something we do all the time, (laughs) but this idea that you, sometimes have to break up with a friend is, is this really awkward thing, but is necessary a lot. And so, um, yeah, I, I can't even remember exactly how it, I just, I feel like I just kind of phased out of it. Whereas Uh I think maybe having not gone through that, I would have held on to that relationship and wanted acceptance and approval. And like, you know, maybe I still would have been friends with her to this day. And, um, 
but for whatever reason, it was like easier to just kind of, I feel like I, maybe I did have some PTSD and I was like that I'm, I'm closing that off right now. And, and that, that was it. Mm-hmm. And so, love and that. I kind of applied that to, you know, if, if I just don't feel inherently good about yeah. something, I'm pretty quick to kind of close something off. Well, I love that. The, the way I hear it is that you used your experience as a learning tool to claim your power. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. You claimed your power and love still that. for the rest of your life. It's yeah. like, nope, I'm taking my power mm-hmm. and I'm going to use it to end this negative relationship, yeah. mm-hmm. this negative totally. phase of my life. Yeah. How are you doing? I I'm said. good. <laughs> he, he's very active. Oh, uh, um, that's a boy. I have a little baby boy in, in my belly. <laughs> um, I'm nine months pregnant, so I have a, I'm just pushing on my. That's story. so fun. That's, yeah. I'm so glad just you just told the him. listeners yeah. that because yeah. I, I've been watching you. <laughs> yeah, he's push like just really getting up in the ribs. Like, <laughs> the listeners didn't know until right now yeah. that you're basically nine months pregnant. Yes, <sighs> just <laughs> beautiful. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Okay, so right now, maybe as a celebratory, it's perfect timing, we do two things in this podcast. We have a drink of the day and we do one other thing. So in honor of the two of you being here, and because there's a baby on the way, today's drink is called the Cool to be Kind Cooler. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So this is a refreshing mint lemonade. Looks amazing. That will keep you cool in the summer. And it's non-alcoholic so that Molly can enjoy it too. recipe is for a whole pitcher, so it will end up being five to six servings. So you have one half cup fresh mint leaves, plus more for garnish, four ounces of simple syrup, one half cup of fresh lemon juice, three cups of cold water, one cup of sparkling water, and ice as desired. The lemon wheels are for garnish. In a pitcher, combine the mint leaves and simple syrup. Gently muddle the mint leaves, being careful not to tear them. Stir in the lemon juice and cold water. Add ice and sparkling water. Garnish with lemon wheels and mint leaves. So, it's so it good. It is amazing. <laughs> it's perfect. Cheers. 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 You beautiful, kind women. So for all of you listeners, you can, of course, go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com, and I'll have a photo of our finished drink, and I'll have the recipe on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so while we're sipping our cooler, what are some parenting tips that you've learned through the journey of Building Kind campaign, and how can we raise compassionate, empowered children, in your opinions? Love that question. Um, and especially as parents now, mm-hmm. you know, when we started this, we didn't have kids, and oh. now we both do, so... Um, and we both had girls first, so it was kind of perfect. I remember um, being pregnant and doing an assembly pregnant and just looking out and picturing my future daughter sitting in something like this. And so it's kind of changed that whole lens for us as well now being parents. But, you know, it's it's hard to answer that, um, you know, concretely because everyone's situation is so different True. and dealing with different circumstances, also different relationships with their parents and home life and whatnot. But um, there definitely are a few things that we've kind of noticed along the way that have been helpful. Um, One, which might seem kind of obvious, is 
um, sharing your own story with your mm-hmm. kids so that you can kind of break that wall down and let them know that you've been there as well. I, I actually remember back to my experience in middle school, and I actually didn't open up to my parents very much about what I was dealing with, but I do, but they knew something was going on, obviously. And my mom um, talked to me a lot about her experience, and she was really bullied in school. And I remember feeling that was like such a, a monumental moment, not only in my experience, but in our relationship, because it was this kind of early on experience where I, I looked at her as someone other than just my mom. She was a human who mm-hmm. also had her own experiences and was hurt and and to look at her and know that she's okay and she yes. came out of it. And so I think that's a really important thing to kind of humanize yourself with yeah. your kids and to kind of break that wall down. Something else that we've Um, you know, advice that we've given parents is to enroll your kids in extracurricular activities. Um, You know, a lot of times they're stuck in a situation at school. And, um, you know, I I think listening to your kids and asking them what they're interested in, whether it's a sport or some sort of art, you know, program, um, it not only creates a sense of confidence outside of school, but also a community. Again, for me, when I was going through my experience in middle school, I was playing tennis, I was playing guitar, I was in um, Young Life, a youth group, and um, those different outlets really were so crucial for me, like not only making friends outside of school, so, you know, people that had no idea who I was at school or what I was going through, or I could kind of escape that, Um, but also particularly, particularly through Young Life, having like these mentor you know, I was the oldest, so I didn't have an older brother or sister to kind of help me along. And that was really crucial, like this mentorship program. Um, so I think that's, that's a really key thing. Um, and I think can really help, um, again, just create a separate experience outside of school. Of course, you know, there's a lot of parents that we talk to who take their kids out of their school situation Mm -hmm. and start in a new school or, and that can be, you know, really helpful as Mm -hmm. well if it's, if it's, you know, severe Mm -hmm. to that point. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think first and foremost, just listening and asking the questions. Having that conversation, Mm -hmm. having that open dialogue, Mm -hmm. listening and and reacting. I think that's a beautiful answer. And also modeling the behavior too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's interesting as we have, you know, we, we've obviously been talking a lot about the assemblies that we do in schools. Um, but oftentimes, and we especially did this a lot more at the beginning is, um, we did, and we still do sometimes, but, um, do a lot of community events. So assemblies, um, and it happens a lot now without the two of us there, but assemblies take place, you know, with a mother or daughter group or parents and their kids or, um, or it's just for the parents. And, um, you know, obviously also when we are in schools and we're talking to the administration and the faculty, we hear so many stories of parents not necessarily setting the example, um, that you would hope that they would be setting for their, for their children. And, um, and it's just such a testament to the fact that, you know, whether we realize it or not, and we've talked about this so much already, you know, we have little ones um, right now, but already they're just such little sponges and they pick up Mm -hmm. on everything that we do. And so it's so important to remember as parents to model the behavior that we hope, you know, that our our kids will see. And that comes down to, you know, how you're talking on the phone to your girlfriends or, you know, Mm -hmm. to your friends um, and the way that you're talking about other people and just being aware of, um, the message that you're sending mm-hmm. to your kids, whether it's conscious or not, um, you know, your behaviors do, um, 
you know, set that example for your children. And so, um, you know, it's just so important to remember that and to remember to model that behavior. And, um, you know, like Lauren mentioned, of course, having conversations and having that open line of communication where Mm -hmm. your child feels comfortable coming to you, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to share their own experiences, but then also, um, you know, that trickles into, again, like how they see you even react to maybe, you know, someone sharing something with you. Um, Mm -hmm. if you, you know, aren't receptive to a friend sharing something with you, then maybe they won't feel as comfortable coming to you with something. So Mm -hmm. that's so um, true. That's so true. And, you know, I just want to say right here, I think also the same is for grandparents Mm -hmm. because I'm a a grandmother to an 11 year old little precious little girl and her 10 year old little brother, which I say their ages right now. I cannot believe how they're grown (laughs) and their little minds are so brilliant. And they're like, you just said sponges. Mm -hmm. And we talk all the time. It's like, I would rather sit with Avery and London and and just visit with them when they come over and spend the night. And we just, oh, I just, I just find their little minds to be so mm. brilliant. Of course, I'm their grandmother, but still, <laughs> I, I, I really do take that time to ask them a thousand questions and visit with them. And and how are you doing? And yeah. how's school? And how are your yeah. friends? And and uh, because I do remember asking uh, our sons that at, at those ages, but. I don't know. It seems like I get better answers from my grandchildren. Yeah. Of course, I have a new four and a half, well, now five-month-old granddaughter oh. with our youngest son. And, oh, she's so, so precious. But, yeah, I'll have those conversations with her soon, yeah. I'm sure. But, well, so yes. much of it, too, is about just normalizing these conversations yes. and mm-hmm. normalizing apologizing as well. Yes. Like going back to that, I think from a young age, like I was actually at Molly's house yesterday and there was like a little thing between (laughs) her son and daughter. And I watched her like go through this whole process of having her daughter apologize to her son. And you like handled it so beautifully and just, just like, again, just normalizing and making sure they follow through with those things because those, those sorts of lessons stick. And like, when you know, at a very young age, if you, if you hurt someone, you need to apologize and then you know that, you know? And, And so I think that's important. Also, I think it's really important for parents to normalize all of these conversations with their sons as mm-hmm. well. I think it's mm-hmm. really like normal to kind of go there with young girls. And a lot of times we don't with young boys. And I think that's a whole, you know, that's not really our specialty. Like mm-hmm. we focus on girls, but so many young boys are suffering too and don't feel like they're allowed to have these outlets or to mm-hmm. share that their feelings mm-hmm. are hurt and to, you know, toughen up and all of this. And so I think, you know, letting your boys know that it's okay to feel sad mm-hmm. and to have your feelings hurt and to talk about that is so, so important. It's so true. You know, I've told this story before, but I can remember when our oldest son, Jay's 40, he's 41 right now, but when he was like six years old and I had taken him to the movies and to a little arcade in the mall or whatever, just a fun day. And, and I said, oh, we have to leave. It's time for you to go to, to baseball practice. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. And he kind of threw a little fit, like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. I don't want to go. I, don't I said, oh, no, no, we have to go. We have to go. And uh, he was, to me and to his daddy, we both always thought he was just like the perfect child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for him to like react like that way to me was kind of like, Wow. He's acting normal. Yeah. <laughs> He's throwing a fit. Yeah. yeah. So I went home and told Philip, I'm like, he, he acted normal today. Yeah. I told him we had to stop having fun and go to practice. And he was like, no. And I kind of I kind of got excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I told Philip that, I was actually being funny. I thought, he acted like a normal six-year-old through a fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then after I told Philip that, he goes in to speak with Jane. He goes, 
uh, I understand you kind of threw a fit in the mall today with your mom when she told you you had to stop and da-da-da. And he goes, well, I just was having fun. And he goes, well, I understand that, but uh, I don't want you talking to my wife that way. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, I, I, of course, I didn't always have that conversation. Yeah. He goes, so I'd like for you to go in and apologize to her. Yeah. And uh, because I don't really like anyone talking to her that way. So go in and apologize to her. And uh, when you do, you better make sure she believes you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'm in the kitchen and Jay goes, goes Mommy, um, I just want you to know I'm sorry that I threw a fit and yelled and got mad at you today. I'm like, oh, that's okay. Okay, yeah. baby. No, really. Do you believe me? <laughs> I said, I believe you. No, do you really believe yeah. me? Yes, baby. I really believe you. So later I said to Philip, I'm like, what was that about? Why, why did you say so? He goes, well, I just told him nobody talks to my wife that way. Yeah. And when he apologized, he better make sure you believe him. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, I that. wow, that whole full circle of all yeah. that reasoning and that conversations and the I, I thought about that forever. Of course, yeah. I still remember it. Yeah. So it's not that. only when you teach them to apologize, but the reason why. Yeah. And the follow through. Yeah. Right. And to make sure it's genuine. Yeah. What advice do you have for parents who find out that their child is bullying others? Mm. Yeah. I think, you know, that's a tough one too, because it's also, you know, every situation is different and, mm-hmm. you know, parenting and, you know, how you handle things. But I, I do think it is very important when you hear hear that to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we've definitely seen a lot of situations where we kind of witness parents, their reaction is to, I mean, of course, as a parent, you want to defend your child. Like that's, I get that more now than ever, (laughs) but to really look at the situation honestly and to know that it doesn't mean that your child is a bad person. They've just messed up just like we all do. Mm -hmm. And to take it seriously, to have a conversation with them, to talk it through with them, um, you know, if if it were me, I would sit them down with the person and talk it out, have them apologize. Um, there's a professional in, in one of our films, a psychologist who said something that, you know, has always really stuck with us. And he said, um, someone's bullying because they feel bullied or they, they hurt people because they are hurt. Mm-hmm. And so to also follow that up with, you know, asking your child how they're doing. A mm-hmm. lot of times people act out because of their own insecurities or their own brokenness, or maybe something's happened, you know, with another student that you're not aware of, that's just spiraled Mm -hmm. them into this place of wanting control and to hurt others because Mm -hmm. they are hurt. And so I think also getting to the bottom of that and Mm -hmm. seeing what it is within their own life that might be creating that sort of you know, space for them to feel Mm -hmm. like they need to act out in Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. um, and to deal with that accordingly, whether it's you know, dealing with it within the home or Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, going to therapy, Mm -hmm. which is always, I think, important for everyone to do Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, And, you know, really taking it seriously and working on it, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, again, within the home, a therapist working on it with, you know, faculty at school. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But just knowing that if you don't do that, the the effects of that can be life altering for the person on the other side of it and sometimes life ending. So it's, it's just so, so important to really come at it head on and, and to, you know, love your child through it and, and to figure out how you can get through it together. That's a great answer. I think the only thing I would add is also just ask your child to put themselves in that other person's shoes. Yes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a reaction and a reactive uh, behavior and they don't 
stop to think, like, yeah. how would you feel? Mm-hmm. And, Definitely. But, but you're right. There are so many different situations that cause someone sometimes to bully. Mm-hmm. So what steps do both of you think we need to take as a society to encourage empowerment among women instead of competition? Mm. Yeah, I um, I think Lauren touched on this a little bit at the beginning, but <clears throat> it's really been incredible to see how how much that has been happening over the last several years and mm-hmm. how, you know, the conversation um, has changed amongst, you know, how, what female relationships look like. And, and, you know, thankfully, we already, you know, kind of see that happening and playing out in schools. But then also you see the way that, you know, it's not really as acceptable as it used to be to to see women being pitted against each other, you yes. know, in television shows or in movies. And, and I think, you know, that's where um, those two things go hand in hand. Like the thing, the conversations that we're having with girls in schools and, and how now it is cool to be kind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's no longer the cool thing to be the quote unquote mean girl, um, how you'll be called out for that. Um, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. Um, and then parallel to that is, you know, the relationships shifting in the media and in the way that women are talked about. And, um, and I think both of those things are so important to, to really shift, um, and, and continue, you know, for the future of just female relationships and female empowerment. Um, you know, you need all of those things working together hand Mm -hmm. in hand. And, um, you know, that's why I think, you know, we feel so lucky to be doing the work that we do to be able to have these conversations with young women in schools and to talk about how important female relationships are and um, how powerful <laughs> they are. Um, and then also the flip side of that is, you know, these young girls are getting to see the two of us come in as friends um, and do something, you know, have created something together as friends and to be able to talk about the relationship that we have and how how we did that and how we did that as friends. And um, that's a whole nother kind of layer to kind campaign is that dynamic. It is that relationship. And, um, you know, it's one that we touch on in the assemblies as well is, is the fact that we have, have made sure to maintain not only our working relationship, but our friendship through that and, and how we've done that through open communication and honesty and, um, you know, having hard conversations when necessary. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think all of these conversations taking place, um, and then also being portrayed in the media um, is just so important to continue mm-hmm. furthering mm-hmm. Um, female empowerment, women yes. empowerment. Um, and then, again, just the importance of female relationships yeah. and friendships and how truly powerful they are. And mm-hmm. um, and then I think also on an individual level, just each young woman and and each every female, you know, just recognizing their own worth and yes. their own power and, and their voice um, that they have within themselves to create change and then recognizing that together, that voice mm-hmm. is so much greater, um, you know, collectively. So um, it's been really, really just like, I feel like we've had like a really unique kind of seat at the table to watch yeah. it all unfold mm-hmm. um, and, and to watch it shift. And then and then also to to be a part of that shift yes. and to play mm-hmm. play a role, um, you know, in those conversations has been uh-huh. really special for us. I'm sure it's just been so powerful in your own lives to uh, to be a part of that, and then and then have such beautiful lives separate from that. It's just everything has just yeah. 
I don't know, enriched your lives even more because Absolutely. of the kind campaign. Yeah. I love that. I wanted to piggyback off what you were saying and just share something really quick that I think is really important for women to think about too is while there has been such an evolution within the conversation of women empowerment and supporting each other rather rather than, you know, competing with one another, there still exists <laughs> such a um, market for pitting women against mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. And while it is so much better than it was when we started it, there still are so many reality shows that are that literally the storylines are women fighting with each other. Yes. And mm -hmm. I still, you know, check out at the grocery store and see tabloids mm -hmm. with two women on the cover talking mm -hmm. about this fight that they're in that's probably not even happening, you know, and so yep. that still very much exists. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important as we're in this shift that women specifically think about the fact that every dollar you spend, every like minute you spend watching those things is is basically like voting on what you support, you mm -hmm. know? And so if you decide to turn off the housewives show or mm -hmm. you don't buy the tabloid, you're sending a message that this isn't cool anymore. Yes. But as long as we continue to support that, and unfortunately the audience for those things are typically women, mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. oddly mm -hmm. enough, as long as we continue to support those things and it's going to continue to happen and mm -hmm. be produced. So I think that is a really important thing that we need to, as, you know, as feminists and, and women who like, you know, are taking <clears throat> a seat at the table and owning all these things, we have to think about too, what we're supporting and, and deciding to not support. So I, so mm -hmm. <laughs> I agree a 100% with you on that, because when you started that very first sentence, the word feud, yeah. came mm -hmm. into my mind. It's yeah. like, everything it's is a feud. a feud. Oh, this feud is back on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember when they had this feud it's going always, on? Yes. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Why does everyone have to be in a feud? Why is everyone yeah. fighting? Mm -hmm. Why is everyone being so mean? I'm yeah. so sick of that. Yeah. And and as you said, it's all on the tabloids. It's like, it's like, yeah. I, I you know, I'm 67 years old. It's like, I'm so sick of hearing about all of these women fighting yeah. with each mm -hmm. other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not what life is about. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times they're making it up. It's like tabloids are oh. still printing Jennifer and Angelina on the covers exactly. and talking about that. It's like, get oh, over it. Heavens. But the reason they do it is because people are buying them. Mm -hmm. And again, it's typically women. So it's yes. like, we have to like be really, I think, conscious and smart about that yes. and send a message that we're over it. Quit <laughs> giving your money away to yeah. lies. Because yeah. can I just tell you in two weeks... Philip and I will celebrate 45 years of marriage. Mm, yeah. Congratulations. Okay. Yeah, Thank congrats. You. Thank That's you. incredible. Huge. And not one time in that 45 years have we ever spoken the word divorce. Yeah. Like we will never speak the word mm -hmm. divorce. We're very happily married and have been not a perfect marriage. We have a normal, happy marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we will never get divorced. So don't spend your money on those tabloids yeah. that say... <laughs> We're filing for a divorce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You mm -hmm. can check every courthouse in America and there's never been yeah. a filing for divorce mm -hmm. by either one of us yeah. because it's exactly. never going to happen. Yeah. But they make a fortune mm -hmm. totally. selling those tabloids yeah. because that's what they put, that, that fake news, mm -hmm. that lie on their yeah. cover. And so they're like, oh my gosh, 45 years? What was it that broke them? Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, I'm just sick. I'm sick of it. The, yeah. the, the, lies that sell mm -hmm. and then the stories that sell mm -hmm. about women mm -hmm. fighting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. supporting 
those lies, that gossip, that mentality mm-hmm. when we buy those or mm-hmm. tune into those Yeah, and I think a lot stories. of people, too, don't even realize that just by watching something, you're paying them. Because, like, That's you right. don't even think about – a lot of people don't think about the back end of something right. when you're watching that reality show – they are making money off the advertisements. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're not watching it and if people tune out, then then they're not making money off the ads. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, – and if you're just in the routine of watching TV, you're not yeah. obviously not thinking about those things. But TV watching too, what you choose to watch is where you're spending your money. Or, and right. ha- mm-hmm. again, it, I see it as like a vote basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all of that is important. I completely yeah. agree with you. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Mm-hmm. What's next for the two of you and Kind Campaign? Yeah, we're so um, we're so excited about what's next, and hopefully, it's us getting back into schools in person. Yeah. Yes. Um, like we talked about earlier, you know, throughout this time, we did kind of shift all of our program to create virtual curriculum. Um, we now have a specific elementary version of not only the film, but the assembly. We've been in elementary schools for years. Um, I mean, from the beginning of starting Kind Campaign. and But we, we never had like a catered program specific mm-hmm. to elementary schools. So we're really excited that we were able to, to create that during this last year. Um, but we're hoping that, you know, in the next year we'll be able to, you know, the two of us physically get back into schools. In the meantime, we're really excited and proud of this virtual programming that we have. Um, schools are able to host their own assemblies um, and they take place, like Lauren was mentioning earlier, almost every day of the oh, school year without it. the two of us there. And so we have a whole program where whether it's a counselor or a faculty member, it basically walks them through and replicates what a founder's assembly looks like. And so... Um, we're excited to to just continue expanding that, um, oh. especially during this time when everything, you know, school situations are still kind of not back mm-hmm. to normal. And mm-hmm. so um, we're excited to have a program that can be catered to whatever your school experience is. If people are still doing remote learning, we uh-huh. have something for that. If people, you know, are back in school, but in different classrooms, our virtual program can accommodate that. And so... Um, yeah, just continuing spreading the assemblies into as oh, many I schools as possible. And then hopefully the two of us being back on the road and in schools oh, I love that. Um, very soon. And we have a kind ambassador volunteer program. So if anyone who's listening is interested in, you know, being a part of Kind Campaign or volunteering or just spreading the word, um, there are people all of, all over the world who uh, basically take Kind Campaign's programming into their own schools and own community and, um, you know, give the school all of the resources to host their own assemblies because something that I don't think we've actually mentioned is all of our programming is free of charge for schools, which is something that we're very proud of and also makes the programming very accessible for schools. And so um, if you're interested in finding out more information about the Kind Ambassador program, we have a Kind Club curriculum or our assembly program, all of that information is on kindcampaign.com. Oh, I love that. And you can also go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and find that out. I would also like to take this opportunity right now to invite both of you to come on to the Dr. Phil show and give all of this information, talk about Kind Campaign to all of the viewers, because in 10 days, we start filming season 20. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. I would love for you, both of you, to come on and talk about Kind Campaign, such an important topic, of course. Again, very full circle. That was the first TV thing that we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I just, I would love that. And and talk to all of the viewers across the world. We're in like 43 foreign countries countries. Yeah. Of course, 
across the United States and talk about it and give this kind of information. I know you would have so many volunteers yeah. and so many schools involved because yeah, this is so it. important. So I would love that. And in any time that I could help you make an appearance or Philip and I both, we would just love it because it's a, such Thank an important you. topic. I said earlier, we do two things with every podcast. We have the drink of the day. We also have the game of the day. Ooh. How do you all feel about playing games? I, I love, love games. games. Oh, good. We're okay. big game fans. So today's game of the day is going to be a fun round of Never Have I Ever. Love that oh, game. Amazing. I'm going to list off specific circumstances. And if you have done it, you have to let us all know. Okay. So, okay, let's get into it. <laughs> Number one, never have I ever taken somebody else's leftovers from the fridge. Ooh, like in our own homes or? I'm going to say. Or like a communal fridge. Maybe a communal both. fridge or in your own home. Definitely in my own home, but I don't think in a communal space I have. Same. I, yeah. I've definitely taken Chris's leftovers. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I have never Knowingly. done it in a communal, but I have taken them at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yes, for yes. sure. <laughs> okay, never have I ever used my kids as an excuse to get out of something. Absolutely. Oh, I definitely have. It's <laughs> <laughs> the say, best excuse. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. You can't, you can't question that. <laughs> but I yes. will tell you a little secret. I've never said my kids were sick when they weren't. Yeah. Yes. No, because no, no, my no. mother, yeah. my mother actually warned my, I remember hearing her warn my older sister about that yeah. and say, never do that because as soon as you do, they'll get sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all know that, but yeah. I do remember that. Never have I ever worn the same outfit two days in a row. Definitely. Oh, I definitely have. have. I've done that. <laughs> definitely. I've slept in it and got up. No, no, but yes, totally I've done that. Never have I ever lied about my age. No, no. I haven't. I don't think I have. I've no. never done that. That's yeah. just one Maybe thing. Maybe when like, I was younger to try well, and actually, get to yeah, a club or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah when I was younger, lying to be old. When I, yeah, lying that yeah. I was older. Yes. I've definitely yeah, done no, that. I definitely have done that. I was that. just saying, mm-hmm. you look too young. To, I don't know how old you are, but I think, I bet it didn't Going work. On. 35 this year. Oh, great. <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. You still look too young. I don't think Thank it works. <laughs> Both of you look like, when you said you were having your third baby, I was like, no. <laughs> How old are your other two children? Uh, my daughter will turn five this next month, and then my son turns three in May. Your book, daughter so. is how old? She's three and a half. Oh, how cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Precious ages. Yeah, Precious. they really are. Okay. Never have I ever sent someone a text that was meant for another person Ooh, I just did that recently. <laughs> I have. I feel like I have. I, have. I can't remember the specific, but like that gut drop, you're like, yeah. oh, I have. <laughs> I've actually I, received. I, I remember yeah. like a specific incident. It was when, actually, it was when I was pregnant with Lila, my daughter. And I, since I hadn't told this person and I was like going, I was like traveling to go see them. I was traveling to go see Jess in Omaha oh. to like tell her. And I texted her something that would have been. Like that would have been a giveaway. And then I had to make up this whole backstory <laughs> of like explaining what the text meant because she was like, wait, what are you even talking about? Oh. And I remember the my heart was racing because I was like, wait, no, I need to tell you. In pro-. You know, oh, I was like going to see her soon. So yeah. I, I definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. And it wasn't a good. It wasn't good. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't good. It was like I totally cut right in. I'm like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, oh, yeah. that was not meant for you. <laughs> but I've received quite a few. That were not that meant were for not me. Meant for you. Oh, yeah. oh like, interesting. What is it about me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa. Okay. 
Never have I ever forgotten my wedding anniversary. Oh, no. 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 I haven't. No, I've never. Mm-mm. Philip hasn't either. Mm-mm. But maybe it's because I... We've got so many people telling him, I don't know. But no, he never has. <laughs> never have I ever eaten food meant for my kids. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. I, yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like every day. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm always like eating the scraps. Food. Yeah. I'm the one that mm-hmm. fixed it, so I was like, I yeah. can fix some more. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> never have I ever fallen down in high heels. Oh, I definitely I'm sitting have. here wearing a boot, yeah. but I wasn't wearing heels. I've def- You know, I can't act. I don't know if I have. I'm sure I have. I feel like you're very graceful in heels. No, I, I wear heels have. all the time. I'm short, and I've just yeah. always loved heels. I, f- yeah. I feel I'm more comfortable in heels, and I've never fallen down because of my heels. I can yeah. actually run in heels. Yeah, love that. People always ask me, like, how do you w- walk in those? I'm like, I can run in them because yeah. <laughs> I'm more comfortable just in heels. They're an extension of my legs. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I've been asking interviews, like, how tall are you? And I'm like, seated. I'm 5'3 yeah. standing. I'm 5'8 mm-hmm. or 9. <laughs> Okay, never have I ever locked myself out of my car or house. Yes, I have. Mm. Yes, I have. Out of my house. Out of your house? No, mm. house, not car. I've, I've locked myself out of my car and my house. Was anyone, <laughs> was anyone in the car? Young? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because I just yeah. remembered I did that. It was a doozy. But we got her out. <laughs> well, I had to just quickly call my husband and get the yeah. 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 It was like, oh, it's scary. And don't, oh, don't moment. pull that. Don't, oh, my moment. gosh. Don't put sure. it in drive. But yeah, I've done that. I locked Never. myself and my kids out of our house. Yeah. How'd you get in? Uh, thankfully, the ring doorbell, because I didn't have my phone. I didn't have anything. We were in our PJs. It was like a Saturday morning. My husband was out of town. And, and there's no way in. I was like, what am I going to do? Because I also was, I was like, how am I going to get in touch with, I don't, yes. I, there was, I, so then I was, I remembered the ring will go to his phone. So I went and did oh. it until he picked up, you know, or, you know, was like looking at us yeah. and I had him call his mom who had a spare key and we were just nice. out in our PJs, just That's front so yard funny. waiting until she got That's there. Great. Um, so thankfully the ring doorbell saved the day. Okay. <laughs> Never have I ever fallen asleep at a movie theater. Definitely. Oh, I definitely have. I've, I love sleeping. <laughs> it's like very comforting to me. I can't mm-hmm. stay awake in a movie. Yeah, I. But at home, we don't go to the movies for yeah. a long, long time. We haven't, but yeah, I. It's my poor husband. When we start one, he's like, "Am I going to be watching this alone?" Yes. I'm like, "Well, maybe." Yes. <laughs> I'm actually Chris better now. I used asleep. to all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. hard for me to stay awake in my. In my yeah. Never have I ever lied to my kids in order to get some alone time. I, I'm sure that is coming. I haven't yet, probably because she's so young. Yeah. I don't think. Maybe in a roundabout way. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like I need a few more minutes in the bathroom. Yeah, I feel oh, like fully. Yeah, that yeah. happens. Yeah. I'm like, I'm using the restroom. Just give me because I don't get private. Because yeah. I'm like, can I just close the door for one yeah, minute? Yeah. Just one minute. Or I'm finishing breathe. this email and I take yes. like 15 yeah. minutes when yeah. I need three. Yeah. Or can yeah, I just yeah. can I just eat this? Yeah. One, yes. just a few more bites for sure. Okay. Never have I ever pulled an all nighter. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Many of those mm-hmm. during the beginning of kind campaign yes. too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Many many. Yes. Never have I ever ran a red light. Yes. Yes. By accident. Um, not on purpose. Not on purpose, but yes. <laughs> Never have I ever slept in my makeup. Oh, yeah. That's oh, so funny. Unfortunately, yes, I Can have. Can I just tell you, I never have ever, ever, <gasps> ever done that. You oh, are my, goodness. my inspiration Woo, and my goals. I'm bowing down. That I, is so amazing. So I made a prom, I made a pact with my husband because I, I do it. You're really good about washing your face. Um, I go through phases where I'm You're bad about it, and it's it ruins my day when I wake up. I'm I like, know. it affects everything. So I made a pact with my husband when we got married. I said, if you ever, because I get so tired at the end yes. of the day, if I get into bed, I am not getting yeah, out. No. 
And I just, so many times, I'm just like, I just need to lay here for three minutes. And then just I'll, lay I'll in go the do chair. it. And I in told him, I was like, sofa. if you have to literally throw me out of bed, do it. And he, actually just a couple days ago, I was laying and I was like curled up next to our daughter. And he's like, get up. You've uh-huh. got to go wash your face. Uh-huh. Like I put him in charge of that. Can and I he, just say, take it from me. Yeah. You'll be so happy as you yeah. get older and older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it pays off. Yeah. Because I, I have three be older sisters and my mother. And so I learned it. I yeah. It. Mm-hmm. And I know enough about skincare. Yeah. A skincare line. And I know enough about when you sleep in your makeup. This is just a very important tip. Yeah. When you sleep in cosmetics and makeup, not only just makeup, but the grime and environmental yeah, grime totally. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you sleep in that makeup, it it goes into the pores of your skin. Yeah. And it, so it, therefore it enlarges the pores mm-hmm. and you can never shrink a pore. You can Ooh, do something man, to make it appear, the appearance of the pore is smaller. Just the appearance. That's why when anyone is advertising skincare line and cosmetic lines, they yeah. say reduces the appearance of oh, pores. Oh. Doesn't reduce the size of the pore. That just nothing will ever do that. changed my life in two ways today. I'm putting on my boot yeah. and I am <laughs> never again falling asleep in my makeup. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm and you so sleep better. Impressed. You're so much happier when you get up. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, well, my work here is done. <laughs> I have a lot to change. <laughs> Last one. Never have I ever burned dinner. Yes. Yes, oh, a thousand times. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Lauren and Molly, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I know that your message is one that touched so many listeners. Can you please tell the Secret Squad where to find both of you online, as well as more information about Kind Campaign? You can find me, Lauren, um, on Instagram. That's really all I use, at Lauren Paul 8 number 8, and kindcampaign.com. And then on social, we're at kindcampaign. Mm-hmm. And I'm at Molly Mae Tomps, M-A-E, and then Tomps. It's just half my last name Love for it. some reason. <laughs> where I'm at. (laughs) Love it. Love it. That's so wonderful. Secret Squad, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for photos, recipes, and so much more. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.